from Waikiki Beach, but welcome to Hawaii with the Sooner softball team. Yes, it was a full day of travel, so thank you to Josh Helmer for sitting in. Uh, it was, it was in a word, uh, I'm sure for, for, for Coach and for everyone with the team, very frustrating yesterday, rewarding once you get here, right? Once you actually make your way to the beach, it's incredibly rewarding. Um, and, and once you get to your resort and, and you get your practice and you get to get back into your routine, but uh, it was it was absolutely wild. And we're going to talk about it today uh, over the next three hours and just getting ready for what we think is going to be an historic day for Oklahoma Sooner softball as Jocelyn, uh, a historic weekend for Oklahoma Sooner softball. It's, it's so weird for me, uh, and it makes sense. It was a really smart call to go ahead and get here a day early. It gives everyone on the team an opportunity to not only acclimate themselves, you know, the time zone isn't uh, because we spring forward on Friday, uh, Sunday, Sunday night into Monday. So it wasn't quite as dramatic as I thought it was. I mean, in fact, I had, gosh, I had misset my alarm. And uh, I, actually, I had misset my alarm. I thought I had it at, at five hours instead of four. So it was kind of a nice little mistake to realize that I had made. Um, but as Josh Helmer joins us, who is standing by in the Brown O'Haver studio, it's a day where Oklahoma can kind of get used to that change, put their body on Hawaii clock. Uh, they've got a practice. They've got a promotional appearance that Jocelyn is making here today. There's, like, no camps or anything involved with it, but it's a chance for Jossie to go to one of the, the local schools and kind of hang out. So, you know what? It's, um, it's, a, it's a pretty cool day, and, Josh, thank you for sitting in on what was an absolutely incredible day yesterday in which by the time you had signed off and said goodbye, everybody, we were supposed to be on a flight to Hawaii, but we were scrambling in Houston, excuse me, in Oklahoma City, or pardon me, pardon me, in Houston, trying to find out how we can get everyone to Hawaii. And it is all day. So thank you. How was the show on, on Tuesday? Good morning. It's Great to have you back with us. Glad that you made it safely. It was good, man. Show was good. KJ, of course, was awesome as always, and there was plenty to talk about with Coach after a big weekend for Oklahoma women's gymnastics beating Michigan. And then I thought we had covered the most important NFL news once we had signed (laughs) off, but lo and behold, there was a big piece of news just about to drop. Yeah, um, the Russell Wilson news was fascinating and will continue to be a major off-season conversation. And as fans of two teams in the AFC West, with you being a Chiefs fan and me being a Raiders fan, direct, direct implications on our team and kind of our future and, and what it means for them. But uh, I, I want to spend a majority of our next segment on that. Because, like you said, you, you probably wrapped up from 9 to noon yesterday, right? And you sign off, and Aaron Rodgers is staying with the Green Bay Packers. We don't know what the numbers look like, but he, he shuns any possibility of getting dealt. He decides he's staying with the Green Bay Packers, right? And in our mind, it's, well, what a, what a big, big, big-time deal. He's, he's going to stay with, with Green Bay and the Packers or contenders in the NFC North once again. And honestly, Josh, after that, the Broncos were kind of a punch back, right? They were, oh, look, can you imagine putting all your eggs in one basket and what happens when you do that and then you get shunned and they say, no, uh, what a heartbreak, how incredibly 
uh, awful for them. And then, lo and behold, they go out and land the mega deal. It was it was incredible. They end up getting Russell Wilson. Now, they gave up a lot. I mean, a lot. And that includes, you know, a top ten pick in this year's draft. And it is this year's pick, right? I would imagine you so. Pick, you, yeah. you gave up you two pick, firsts. Yeah, you can't give up picks three years down the road. But I, because I never, I don't know if I drilled deep enough into just looking at the years, but first this year, next year, a couple of seconds, they get back to fourth and have to give up a seven, and then three, uh, two, two pretty good football players. You know, Shelby Harris is a dude that was a seventh round pick out of Illinois State who was with the Raiders for a couple of years. Uh, the Raiders cut him. Like, he didn't make their team. And so he went back and grinded. I think he bounced around a couple of places. And then he became a difference maker in Denver. Uh, Noah Fant, I mean, when he's healthy, he's a difference making tight end. And at the very least, you know, Drew Locke brings you some quarterback depth. <laughs> at the very least. But, I mean, the big story there is uh, the four picks that you get for, uh, wait, one, two, three, four, five picks that you get while giving up on yourself. So technically, uh, four picks. But we'll get, I want to go all in on that coming up in our next segment because – Dude, I mean, listen, just because I was traveling to softball, I didn't lose that passion or energy through March Madness. That didn't slow down at all. Uh, just because I was traveling to softball, it didn't mean that uh, I wasn't all in on baseball yesterday. And kind of, in fact, it, I felt bad because I kind of lost track of baseball. And um, I was texting Toby on the baseball team was going on. I felt terrible. I was like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I'm, giving, I'm hitting you with all this information, and you're calling a game. But as long as Oklahoma wins, I don't think he minds. So uh, it, it, was, it was a fun day of travel. But... Can I start there with the travel? Are you okay with that? Yeah, no, I I want to okay. hear about this. Is there any other loose ends we need to tie up from yesterday's show that you left on a cliffhanger? No, no, we we didn't end with a cliffhanger. I think we're good. Okay, okay. So, and by the way, Jason Kersey is coming up with us at 10 a.m. this morning. Uh, speaking of funny stories, Jason and I, when he had decided to, you know, I, I guess walk away from sports writing, uh, I said, you know, Jason came on with us Mondays during the football season, right? He came on with us at 11 a.m. So um, I, I said, no, say, hey, man, congratulations. If you're happy with this, we're happy for you. You got to come on and talk about it. And I know he did what Carrie and, and Eddie and, and, and Bob and Josh's pod, I know he did that. But he's like, yeah, yeah, let's do Monday. Well, Monday, I, I Monday's a blur for me, man. You know, I'm, we had a softball game, had a late night show, we had our show. It was just, it was a blur. And I completely spaced, so I had to apologize. And then yesterday, I said, listen, I'm out on Tuesday. I want to come on with us Wednesday. And yesterday he texted me. He's like, are you blowing me off again? And I'm like, no, 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 we plan on Wednesday. So it's been a thing, but we're going to talk to him coming up at 10 a.m., and I'm excited about that. But, Josh, as you can hear the, the music here at the Hyatt Regency, Waikiki Beach Hotel, getting here was quite an event yesterday for the Oklahoma Sooners, quite an event. Um, we had, just to kind of give you the, what's the best way to put it? The, the full view, kind of give you that, that view from above, kind of everything. The Sooners had a bus stop. The bus was going to be there to pick us up at Marina Heinz Field at 4.30. We're going to bus to the airport, and we caught a flight that was supposed to leave, I want to say, around 7.30, maybe even like 7 a.m., to get us to Houston, and then from Houston, we had a direct flight to Hawaii. And that Houston flight was set to leave at, I want to say, like a, a, either 11.45. It was, it, was, it was in the 11 o'clock hour. So we get on the plane at Houston, all right, in, in Oklahoma City to go to Houston, and everything's right on time. 
And when we get on the plane, dude, I'm not lying. I fall asleep. And I'm out. I mean, out. I don't know if it was because, you know, when you have an early alarm and you have that early morning, you're never really comfortable, right? You're always afraid that you're going to sleep in. So I, I got on that plane. I had a window seat, and I was out. And I was sitting next to Sid, and all of a sudden I woke up by people singing happy birthday because it was Sid's birthday. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, did I sleep through, like, taxi, and are we in the air or something? And I turned next to me, and Sid's gone. I'm like, oh. And I look out the window, I'm like, we haven't even left yet. And I had snoozed for probably a good 45 minutes. So you know me. In my head, I'm like, was I snoring? Did I chase Cindy Romero out of here? Because I was snoring because I was out so hard. And so I kind of wake up, I come to, and I realize we haven't left yet. And then I check on the connector fly, and I'm like, ooh, we're going to be running. We're going to have that scene from the movie where, you know, you've got that connecting fly, and you've got to sprint and get to your connecting fly. So, anyway, uh, this is not going to be a short story, but short point long about that. The, the, the pilot was great. Kept going. I was like, listen, um, 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 apologize. They had some weight issues. Obviously, we have a lot of equipment that we fly with. They were having some weather issues outside of Houston. So you combine a thunderstorm that barreled through Houston on Wednesday morning with balance issues on the plane. And I don't know about you, Josh. I don't really want to risk that pilot saying, oh, yeah, we're good. Let's, let's, let's risk that weight balance. RIP, Aaliyah. So we finally take off. <clears throat> in the midst of takeoff, it quickly becomes pretty obvious that the flight in Houston is not going to wait for us. And in other words, they're going to wait to a certain point, but it became pretty obvious pretty quickly that they weren't going to wait for all 40 of us. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, we have 40 people, Josh, on a flight that I don't know how full it is. It's the only flight out of Houston to Hawaii the whole day. The whole day is the only flight that goes directly from on United from Houston to Hawaii. So immediately, as soon as that happens, we have to start scrambling. And when I say we, I mean uh, everyone but me. <laughs> I just sit back and I'm like, all right, what do we do now? So we land in Houston. There's a flight that can get people, and Jackie Livingston, this is, this is where the directors of ops are, are, are truly rock stars. Uh, the Ryan Gaines of the world, you know, what, what we'll, I think we'll see with the new wave in football and Obviously, across, across all sports. But director of Ops are the true rock stars. And so, Jackie, while we're in midair, is currently working on getting a portion of us out of Houston to Denver and then straight to Oklahoma, or straight to Hawaii. And then there's another portion of us, Josh, that has to jump on a flight from Houston to San Francisco and then San Francisco to Hawaii. So we land. Obviously, the flight hadn't waited. There was a group of about 10 of us that were not stuck, but we were in the Houston airport for a little bit, waiting on the flight to San Francisco. The other group had to hustle to the other side of the airport to get on a flight to Colorado. And boom, finally got here late last night after the wildness that was splitting up into almost, I don't want to say two full groups, because our, our group did have, I felt pretty cool, Josh, because my group had Pat Gasso. So that's when you know that you're in an important group, right? That's a strong indication, no doubt. So, I, anyway, I, I know we got to grab our first break, but 
when we get here, then you have the luggage issues, right? Because you have, you know, three different flights that have been involved in probably getting luggage here. Uh, Hawaii is still, and I understand this, uh, they, they have dropped, or at least they're in the, in, the, in the process of becoming the final state to drop their mask mandate. But, dude, there is a lot of steps to go through to kind of prove that you're COVID negative or, you know, that you are, uh, you've been either vaccinated or boosted. So that became another thing whenever you got, whenever we landed, right? Because when we landed, it became, all right, does everyone have their QR code? Does everyone have their uh, proof of either a negative test or of your vaccination? And uh, it's, it's a thorough process to go through that to get here when you fly into the, the Honolulu airport. So, bro, it was, we finally got it into the, uh, into the bus at about 10 p.m. local time. So that's what, 10, 11, that's what, 1 a.m., your time after, you know, getting on a bus to go to the airport at 4 a.m. local time. So it was almost, dude, like a 24-hour day. But I'll tell you what, man, I wouldn't – I know I'm sure everyone would have had just that smooth jump on a flight, uh, go to go to Houston, catch it on time, and get to, uh, get to Hawaii in time. But it ended up being really – it was kind of fun for me because, uh, well, I didn't have a show yesterday, which, you know, I wasn't panicked and getting anywhere, and you were gracious enough to fill in. But we, in that group, I got to travel with some of the freshmen. So got to know Sophia Nugent. Packs all her own food, Josh. Like, literally, the most impressive thing I've ever seen. We're eating breakfast burritos, and she pulls out a pancake in a Ziploc bag out of her bag. It was incredible. Um, getting to know Hope Troutwine a little bit. Had lunch with Coach Casso and, and Poppy yesterday. Uh, was with, you know, Cindy Romero's birthday. And we were stuck next to each other on, the, on about every single flight. So that was kind of cool. And then... You know, I think I finally I watched about three or four movies yesterday. I, I of course had to watch The Big Lebowski because that was available. Rewatched Friday yesterday on the flight from Los from San Francisco to Honolulu. When's the last time you've seen Friday with Ice Ice? I was at Ice Tea uh, with Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. Yeah, Probably not recently, right? No, not any time recently. I've definitely I've it, seen it The Big Lebowski up. more recently than I've seen Friday. I tried to watch a couple of new movies. I tried to watch this Tammy Faye Baker one, and it was terrible. I watched a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, watched a lot of Arrested Development <laughs> yesterday. But it ended up, it was, it was a fun day. And we're here, and we get to bring you coverage of the, the chase for history, which I, I, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, and I hope is something that will happen sooner rather than later this week. This week, and I'll explain why when we come back. All right, uh, so there's my story. We're here. We're at the Hyatt Waikiki Beach Resort. Um, we're, we're getting ready for a full three days of coverage. And we got Jason Kersey coming up at 10 a.m. It was a day. But I think in the end, everyone was here safely. Um, they got practice coming up as soon as we're done. So it just makes for an absolutely uh, absolutely perfect day here with us on a, on a Wednesday. It is Wednesday, right? It is Wednesday? On a Wednesday. All right. Quick break. You and I have some news to discuss, uh, discuss in the AFC West next right here on the Home Student Case. How was your Tuesday into a Tuesday night? It was good. Yeah, it was a nice Tuesday. A lot of basketball watching once again. Um, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing when you have some of the moments like we've had already, right? The, the, the buzzer beaters, the... The, the fantastic finishes, the brawl. You got a brawl breakout yesterday behind the bench. So I feel like we've had 
a little bit of everything already, Josh, and we're just getting started in March Madness. I mean, listen, anytime you're able to throw a fight into the middle of a basketball game, I mean, come on, that's what it's all about, right? That was one of the most peculiar things I've ever watched in terms of a sports broadcast. I I had that on my screen. I was uh-huh. just kind of working on some other stuff, writing, and all of a sudden the broadcaster said something to effect of, whoa, we've got to stop it here. There's a scuffle of fights broken out. Is a player trying to get up there? And I was enthralled for the next 20, however many minutes before they resumed that basketball game between Bryant and Wagner. I was sitting there watching it, and I really have to, like, you know, round of applause for the administrators that got that situation right. cooled off and got people out of there, the security officers, police officers as well. But I thought the – I wish I knew who it was that was broadcasting that game. I thought the – Play-by-play and the color commentator did a really good job describing the situation and just handling that because basically it was 15 minutes of, well, okay, so they've ushered these people out of the gymnasium. We don't know if they're going to resume this game. They might resume this game. They might not. It was a fascinating, fascinating situation. I've got to go back and rewatch it because I, did we ever get the moment that triggered it and kind of started it all or no? I don't think sort of, sort right. of, but sort of not. I mean, a fight broke out between yeah. the fans. <laughs> Which again, I, I understand the passion, the energy. I understand whenever you're talking about you know, March Madness and for both of those teams, right? It was their only shot. They're not going to get in as, as at-large or, or anything uh, anything like that. But, yeah, um, good times. <laughs> good times with the brawl. But all was good. Um, I saw, Did you guys have a debate about statues on the show yesterday? I got a lot of mentions on the old Twitter timeline on that. We, we did not. That okay. was a social media question that got sent out. I meant to get to that. We talked a lot about favorite moments of Baker Mayfield's career at Oklahoma yesterday that was sort of our social media question and of course Tennessee that that was a popular response the flag plant at Ohio State we got some other good ones though too can I give you a couple of mine that I'm, I'm sure just because they're kind of under the radar moments that I think about quite a bit I I think my favorite is whenever he, he acted like he didn't know who Joey Galloway was Joey Galloway. I don't remember. I don't know if it was in advance of the of the Ohio State game or what it was in advance of, but Joey Galloway took a shot at him, and uh, I, I guess I guess Baker's response was, or not, not I guess. I remember Baker's response was, I don't know who that is. I have no idea who that is. That's one of my favorites. But on the field, dude. I don't think you can go wrong with just about any of them, right? Everyone's going to remember the Ohio State flag plant, but I kind of think about some of his performances that he had. The performance against TCU in the Big 12 championship game was incredible. Uh, his press conference moments were always some of my favorites. But, yeah, with the announcement of the statute, that's what yesterday was yesterday when I truly found out everything's running together, Josh. So I'm like an old man who can't remember which of my grandkids I'm talking about. But yesterday was the day whenever we found out everything official about 
the spring game in the statue, right? Or at least late Monday. Late, yeah, late Monday yeah. we found out that April 23rd at 3 o'clock is when they'll play the game, and then immediately following Baker Mayfield's statue inside Heisman Park will be unveiled. Cool, cool. Was there a moment that was, was the Tennessee moment, the one that kind of overshadowed and persevered through everything? I would say Tennessee and Ohio State were probably th- – those were far and away the two most popular. I thought a sneaky good submission – that Brian called in with was the win at Baylor in 2015. I mean, you start thinking about what sort of set the stage for Mayfield's career here at Oklahoma. And the the bright, shining light is obviously the Tennessee game, but we right. sort of forget where OU was before Baker Mayfield that first season took Oklahoma on the run that he did, and that win at Baylor in that primetime slot was a big piece of the puzzle in Oklahoma starting to head that direction. Yeah, and you know what I would add to this, just not, not to carry uh, yesterday's topic over to today, because we've got some work to do on Russell Wilson, but, you know, Josh, I would also add in that, how about how he was in Bedlam? I mean, was there a Bedlam game where he didn't shine at all? I mean, it just, this dude shined in Bedlam. And you look at the three games that he played in in Bedlam, Oklahoma, they they were always big games, right? And he was, you know, I I hate whenever I say things like this. I always want to be, he was the best player on the field, which is kind of hard to to quantify, right? It's like, how do you say someone's the best player on the field when you just don't know? Because of the, the amount of talent that's out there, too, right? Joe Mixon was on the field for a couple of those. Uh, Samaje's had a really good run, some really good receivers and offensive linemen, uh, some good defensive players. So it's, it's tough to say that. But in my mind, all those Bedlam games stand out. Hey, you, you know what to me? Oh, gosh, here we go. Um, what, can, we, can we talk Russell Wilson at the bottom of the hour? Because I do want to make this point, and I'm sure you did from yesterday. But I thought yesterday, or when this release came out and we haven't had a chance to talk to Baker yet. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if he'll do the media rounds when he comes to town. I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll talk to Gabe. I, I bet we'll get a chance to talk to him because, you know, we had a, we have pretty good relationship with him whenever he was here and can continue to support him with the Browns broadcast here on the ref. But I thought that was, tell me if I'm being overly dramatic. You ready? Cause I thought about this a lot on Monday night. When he talked about the connection to OU and knowing he was a Lincoln guy, and it doesn't mean you have to dump all over Lincoln, right? You can be an Oklahoma guy and still say, hey, that was my coach and we won a lot of games. And I'm not saying Lincoln or that, that Baker did that. But, Josh, I thought in the way that he talked, and, and in a release, right? So, but the way that he talked about Oklahoma and the connection to here. You, know, you you wonder with the way that it ended with Lincoln Riley. Is there going to be a side choosing with some of the big names, right? This program is always going to be connected to Baker Mayfield. This program is always going to be connected to Kyler Murray and the Kenneth Murrays of the world and what they do at the next level, the Joe Mixons and so on and so forth. But I don't know, Josh, am I being overly dramatic whenever I see Baker come out and it's, hey, you know, I'm a Sooner, you know, and not really saying anything about Lincoln, but just in that kind of reaffirmation of, 
faith. Yeah, I had a lot of success under Lincoln Riley, but but this is um, this is a saga that is not going to affect anything about what I did here. In other words, Baker's not going to show up at USC, right, helping Lincoln Riley get people. Um, he's he's kind of planted his flag, so to speak, here at Oklahoma. I think that's pretty cool. Am I making too much of that? Well, that's how it should be, right? I mean, he's going to be remembered as an Oklahoma Sooner. He won a Heisman right. Trophy in his three years as an Oklahoma Sooner. We remember Baker Mayfield after the Rose Bowl sitting up there talking about how he, he couldn't believe it was over. His dream of playing at the University of Oklahoma was now done. So he's a guy that, I, I, again, I, I talked about this a little bit yesterday. I know we've talked about it a bunch in the past, but Baker Mayfield flying down the sidelines, just the emotion, the way he carried himself. Okay, at times, sure, it, it ruffled some feathers. Kansas incident, not necessarily the greatest moment maybe for Baker Mayfield but you got the great with some of the other stuff mixed in and I think that's what endeared him so much to this fan base right is that Baker was was honest in that way his his love of Oklahoma and that's uh certainly with Lincoln Riley gone to USC I mean that has not changed one iota no no not a bit and what were you worried at all that it might or that there might be some pressure to say, hey, I'm here now, so you know, I know you went to Oklahoma, but I developed you. I, am I overthinking that? That would be very surprising to me, okay. just okay. knowing Baker okay. the way that Baker is. Not, not Baker, but maybe there would be some thoughts of, hey, come out here. You know, We're going to have this recruiting weekend, and we're going to be bringing some guys into Southern California where at least that bridge was broached. Not by Baker again, but just say by the USC staff. And, and we developed you, and so you're going to be a major part of how we said. And you're going to be regardless, right? Right. I mean, the bottom line is Jalen, Tyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, and now, now Caleb Williams, they're all going to be used in recruiting stuff by USC. You know you're going to see it. But I'm just, I don't know, I, I didn't know if I made too much of it because I found it to be really reassuring to me, Josh, whenever I saw all that stuff. And I kind of, I kind of expected it. But I didn't know if I was the only one that was wondering if that might end up being kind of an issue in this whole thing. Yeah, I think Baker's – he's too savvy, right? He's too smart. Right. He knows I can't be around USC. So, sure, I, I, I can understand. And I think if you're Lincoln Riley and anybody at USC, you, you're stupid not to try and reach out and – engage in that way and see if there's a chance that Baker Mayfield w would come out that direction. But Baker's too smart, right? He, he knows he might, out of respect and even admiration and love for Lincoln Riley, he's not going to go out of his way to say something negative about the guy or why he left or how he left Oklahoma. But he's also smart enough to not be helping him out at USC. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Just kind of like a – a reassurance thing for me. All right, and maybe that was a me thing. Maybe it was, okay, I, I had heard, I think it was Kerry Murdoch who said it on his podcast that you know, Kyler was kind of bent about the way things went down with Lincoln leaving. And, again, that means a lot to me because 
oh gosh, this is a whole, this is a whole Chris Plank spent, you know, 11 hours on flights yesterday and overthought everything. So I'm just giving you that heads up now, but you just, I mean, Lincoln Riley had done a really good job of making Oklahoma football, you know, all about him. And, and you, you need your coach to be at the front of it, right? Nick Saban is Alabama football right now. And I'm sure Alabama fans would say that tradition, no, no, Nick Saban, y'all sucked before he got there, right? You went through a handful of coaches. Oklahoma football became Bob Stoops. What, what did Bob Stoops do, though? He stayed around. The man was called off the golf course and, and, and single-handedly kept the program afloat, dare I even say saved the program. So I, I always worry sometimes when something like this happens, as it's being painted and perceived nationally, Josh, every little kind of ding that happens along the way, it, it, and even though Chris Plank is over the moon excited, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring Jason on today, because what did Jason do? Jason, in one of his, his final columns, kind of said, hey, listen, if you're writing about the demise of Oklahoma football, you're doing this wrong, right? I mean, that was, that was basically one of Jason's final two columns. But I always kind of worry about things like this and how it's perceived. So everything that went into that, I love to see, hey, it's about the interlocking OU, and that fired me up. That fired me up. And so I completely overthought this, but I just found it to be very cool. Do we have any sneak peeks as to what the statue is going to look like? No, we do not. I think that is a big-time mystery. I know. Listen, I know a lot of you want the flag plant. It's not going to be the flag plant. It's, that's not going to happen. But um, I'm excited that Baker's getting a statue. It was going to happen about a couple years ago, and then COVID hit. I'm excited Kyler's getting his statue eventually. Um, it's it's good to bring these guys back home. And this kind of it, 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 it elicits a lot of memories, right? It brings back a lot of things that, you know, take you to a really happy time, right? And then there's frustration along the way, you know, I'm sure I think a lot about some of the losses, right? <laughs> with Baker Mayfield as, as the starting quarterback because there were so few and they kind of stick with what 16 was Texas, 17 was Iowa State, right? And, and the, the 17 game was one of those where you're like, how did they just lose Iowa? Oh, was it 15 to Texas? I think it was 15 to Texas, well, whatever. Yeah, 15 to Texas. And then 16, who was a frustrating loss to during the season in 16? There was a couple of them, right? Because 16 was the year that they opened up with a loss. To Houston. Uh, to, to Houston, right, and then had the Ohio State home game, 17 Iowa State. So you think about some of those games, obviously the heartbreak against Georgia, but I'm also, as you brought up, tweeting about your favorite moments yesterday. It's just really cool to kind of have that conversation. All right, 405-329-9000 if you want to jump in. Josh, we got to get to Russell Wilson. Let's do it next. We'll do it when we come back. Uh, I'm in Hawaii. We're, we're efforting a broadcast location. I, I found a nice quiet spot, but I – I don't know how they would feel about me just plopping all my equipment down here. <laughs> so we'll see. But uh, in the meantime, got great content, got all kinds of topics to dive into at the Plank Show on the road on the Home Center fans. All right, welcome back into the show with Josh Conrad, Chris Plank. Josh, real quick, um, just out of curiosity, what does the high school broadcast schedule look like? It looks like games? very open. <laughs> oh, look at you. Is that good or bad? Oh, everyone got beat, right? Well, uh, Norman North and Moore, the boys are in the state tournament. It, you know, here, here's the thing: if you if you want to start something, you better finish it. And right for us, we sort of have some other 
some other responsibilities in terms of Oklahoma baseball. So it just didn't make sense to do one broadcast and then maybe not do a couple of other state tournament broadcasts. Gotcha. So that's sort of how the thinking broke down on that. Like it? I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Don't blame me. Hey, don't start something you can't finish, right? By the way, you know the other thing that I forgot about last night? You know, when everyone says, bye, Felicia, I completely forgot to start it on Friday. Maybe Friday. That's what Ice Cube said to Felicia. Do we need to go to the story of Felicia's problems that she had with Debo, or are we good? I mean, we could go in depth. I want... Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Craig. Bye, Felicia. I mean, all they owed, all they owed Big Perm was 200 bucks. I mean, come on. Uh, anyway, uh, with Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Link. I'm in Hawaii with the Sooner softball team. Uh, just a real quick thought. Long travel day. The team will practice today. Um, they're going to get a chance, I think, to see the sights. And then tomorrow we're all in. You know, tomorrow we're all over it. Let's go. Um, Oklahoma's going to play the trio of Baylor, Hawaii, and Cal. Josh, who do you think pitches to Jocelyn? Because I'll tell you right now, I don't think Hawaii's going to pitch to her. I don't think their coach is kind of an old-school guy. Um, I think that just in some of the things that – I remember we had that cut from him, I think it was last off season where he talked, well, Oklahoma's apparently coming. We don't know when. We don't know what weekend. It's like, you've got like three to choose from. He was kind of a little bit a little bit jerkish about it. I think they're really – Here's I'm really glad that, that admission is free this weekend. But I do think the Hawaii softball team uh, and everyone involved are like, oh, my gosh, look at all these people. Why didn't we charge the tickets to get to this thing? <laughs> but – of those three, uh, I, I think Baylor will pitch to her. What do you think? I think Baylor and Cal will. I don't think Hawaii will. Yeah, I don't know. It's difficult anymore to say that anybody's going to outside of maybe kind of pitching to her for one at bat. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. beyond that, it doesn't feel like she's going to get pitched to by anyone right now. Here's, here's another question that I have. Oh, gosh. Are we ever going to get to Russell Wilson? But let me pose this, and I'll get to it. I'm sure that a majority of our listening audience would much rather care about this thought than something than Russell Wilson, but you and I being AFC West diehards, we've got to get to it. Once she breaks the record and hits 96, does the philosophy change a little bit? Is this more about teams not wanting to have history happen against them? Because it's not like they're walking her and beating Oklahoma. You know, outside of, of Utah – and, and and even to a certain extent, Tennessee, and Tennessee still pitched to her. But it's not like you're walking her and almost beating Oklahoma. You know, you're since this since the record was tied, you're walking her, Josh, and you're still getting smoked. So it's not it's not like it's helping in anything. I mean, look at Minnesota; they had uh, what eight walks as a team, and three of those were to Josie. I mean, you're not you're not really helping your overall attempt to win here. I think as soon as she can get 96, then, yes, she'll be pitched to by everybody except for a couple of spots where maybe it makes sense for an opponent uh, strategically. But, you know, I say that, and then I think about the even century mark home run number, and even though it's not the record, I could see teams taking a similar approach right there with the number 100. It's just, here's one more thing that I did learn a little bit. Uh, I think you're going to see Jossie not necessarily just give up on some of those intentional walks. I think they look back at the Minnesota game, and maybe she's playing a little cat and mouse here, 
But I think they look back at the Minnesota game, Josh, and I think they saw some pitches that they thought they could get. So something to uh, something to keep an eye on over the next couple of days whenever it comes to how, if, and when Jocelyn Allo breaks the record and how she breaks the record. But it's, it's, it's kind of weird to, to think that we're in this situation and we're having all the same questions that we did with Lowe. And, and Jossie has, I, was, I mean, no, Shelby Finley was chasing the record, but, um, you know, the, I felt like, I feel like that, and this isn't a knock on anyone on that 15 team, I, but I think Jossie has a little bit more uh, oomph around her because you've got Jennings, you've got, uh, with what Janet Johnson has seven bombs already this season, you've got Kenzie Hansen as a Team USA member. You know, that's, again, it's not anything against anyone on that 15 squad. You've got Grace Lyons who's hitting out of her mind recently. I just I feel like you're risking a lot more in getting smoked if you walk Jocelyn Allo. Uh, and I mean, you're still losing. It just doesn't to me, right? If you don't want to be a part of history. There's a part of me that understands that, but you're still don't. Didn't Herm Edwards teach us a great lesson, Josh? Whenever he was the head coach in New York Jets, wasn't there a great lesson learned by Herm, Herm Edwards? You play to win the game. To me, constantly walking Jocelyn Allo to pitch to T.R. Jennings, uh, that was the case against Utah, to walk Jocelyn Allo to pitch to Kinsey Hansen, it just, it's, you're not playing to win the game. You're playing to not have a record set against you. And I think that's weak. All right, let's do this. Let's catch up. We'll do Russ when we come back. We'll talk about Russ cooking in the AFC West. Jason Kersey is coming up at 10 a.m. this morning. The Plank Show is in Hawaii, at least half of us, with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. This is the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Stick around. All right, so, Josh, real quick, before we get through Sooner in here and you at 405-329-9000, what was your reaction? You get off the air yesterday, high noon, Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. We kind of think any conversations about the quarterbacking situation at Denver for you and I as fans of teams in the AFC West is kind of – Dare I say comical now, right? Put all your eggs in the in the basket of A.A. Ron, and he decides to stay. And then, lo and behold, they land an absolute haymaker. That I won't lie to you. I mean, I think you make the deal if you're Denver. I don't think there's any question about it. But I am floored, floored that Seattle would make this deal. Floored, dude. What was your takeaway from it? Well, we... I batted 500 here. I said both were going to wind up staying in their respective locations. I think it's a, a great deal, perhaps for both, but we'll have to wait and see for Seattle. You might have had a quarterback in Russell Wilson that just flat out didn't want to be there anymore, but bottom line is this. When you're Denver and you can get a Hall of Fame-type quarterback in Russell Wilson that has won a Super Bowl, you make that trade 15 times out of 10. I don't care that they gave up two firsts. I don't care that they gave up two seconds. And I don't care that they gave up Fant in the deal as well. To me, I look at it and I say, Denver, the Broncos officially a Super Bowl contender. Agreed. Agreed. I think you I think you go get one of the best quarterbacks in the game when you can. And I really like Noah Fant. I really do. Um, a lot. He, he has... If I'm, you know, thinking correct, I don't think he's been able to stay healthy. I think he's kind of battled some injuries. You know, they had just committed, and I'm just thinking of the players here. Drew Locke wasn't going to be in their plans until he got beat up by Teddy Bridgewater, and playing him was a nightmare for him. 
So, I don't know, dude. I, I just <laughs> I know it's a lot of draft capital to give up, but as a fan of a team who got a lot of draft capital, uh, capital and watched it and what the Raiders have done so far with with the move that they made with Khalil Mack, I don't I don't think you can trade. I mean, listen, we can debate whether or not Russell uh, Russell is a Hall of Famer, right? We we can. Now, I'm not here to have that debate today. But what's indisputable is that he dramatically elevates where Denver is, not just as a at the quarterback position, but as a team, right? It, it changes everything for him, doesn't it? At least in my mind. No question. L- like I said, I mean, now today, well, first of all, the AFC West is the best division now in football because of this right. move. But for Denver, absolutely, they're a threat to Kansas City, to the Chargers to the Raiders to win this division, and they're a serious factor in the AFC. You want to get true? Do we have time to get true in here before the top, or are we out of time? We are unfortunately out of time. Oh, jeez, this piece. We got too much to talk about. We got too much to talk about. Hang in there, Charles. Get you. Jason Kersey is coming up to kick off hour number two. We'll talk a little bit about the spring game, even though he's not going to be covering it. He still has some opinions. We'll get into it next right here on the Rest Sports Radio Network.